What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the What's Up Podcast. My name is Ryan Coleman. Join with me, as always, is Ethan Four. You can find me at RyanColeman underscore 98 on Twitter and Ethan at Ethan underscore 4, F-O-R-E, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard it a hundred times. How are you doing today, Ethan? I'm doing well. Um, still recovering a little bit from the Northwestern Stanford game over the weekend, but... Uh, oh, you had to bring it up. I oh, did, unfortunately. Tough. Yeah. Um, very upset. I okay. I wanted I wanted to win that game so badly, and we didn't, so... yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I tried to block it out of my memory. Kind of lost as exactly as I expected Northwestern to lose, but only up, only way up, only way is up from here, right? I would hope so. I mean, Northwestern always seems to struggle in non-conference games, at least for as long as mm-hmm. I've been a fan and attended the school. So, I don't know. Um, I mean, for all I know, they'll lose to UNLV and UMass, and yet still win the Big Ten West. They're just weird like that. So I'm hoping that the offense picks it up, but we'll see. We shall see indeed. But today we're not talking about college football, but instead we're talking about former college football players who are currently in the NFL because we're covering the AFC and doing a nice AFC preview. But let's get this rolling because we got a lot to talk about. Now we're going to go compass style, starting with the AFC North. We got the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, Baltimore was the division champs at a 10-6 record. Pittsburgh was 9-6-1. Cleveland was 7-8-1. Cincinnati was 6-10. This year, according to the first Vegas book I looked up, um, Baltimore's over-under is at 8.5 wins. Pittsburgh is at 9. Cleveland is at 9. And Cincinnati is at 6 with Super Bowl odds. Going Baltimore thirty-two to one, Pittsburgh nineteen to one, Cleveland at fifteen to one. They're a nice big favorite, and Cincinnati one hundred and fifty to one. So let's start with the Cleveland Browns because I mean, they're they're the darlings of the NFL right now, if I'm not mistaken. They're a big storyline. Everyone is bullish on them, even non-Cleveland fans are wanting to see them win just because they've been so bad for so long. Would you say that's pretty accurate? I would, and I'm also like aboard the bandwagon you know per se because they're just so much fun i mean they've got lots of fun players to root for for lack of a better word yeah i think i think the offense is going to be super exciting i think baker takes a step forward in his second year i think the defense might be like a step or two behind but they still have playmakers and miles garrett and denzel ward so i'm i'm in on the browns just like a lot of other people i'm i'm very excited to see what they might become yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know that Baker likes to throw deep, especially after Freddie Kitchens took over. And just the idea of the OBJ-Baker connection, if both of them can stay healthy, is just something I really am really excited to see. I'm sure there's going to be highlight reels upon highlight reels on a weekly basis. And I feel like they kind of have a low-key dangerous defense that is going not talked about too much, but I really do think they're going to be a fun team to watch this season. Absolutely. I mean, some a team that I will be certainly keeping a close eye on, not only for you know my own personal fantasy football reasons, but also just it's it's a great story given how bad the Browns have been for basically <laughs> the entirety of our our lives. Mm-hmm. The fact that they they might be building a winner in Cleveland is is pretty cool. So I will absolutely be watching them. Yes, of course, but. I mean, obviously they can't just walk to victory. That's not how life works. I wish it was. 
among the other three teams, well, let's just pretend Cincinnati doesn't exist because I've got to assume you're not going to talk about them. But between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, who do you think is the biggest competitor to Cleveland to win that AFC North crown? That's a really good question. Or, I, yeah. I think this is going to be a competitive division except for Cincinnati. They're kind of in like quarterback purgatory with Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they might be drafting a new one in April. We'll see. Um, but between Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore, I probably like Pittsburgh a little bit more just because I'm not exactly sure what we're going to get with the Ravens offense. I think it's they're, they're trying to revolutionize the NFL playbook and the NFL offense. And I, and I tip my cap to them. Um, and you know, they, they made the playoffs last year with Lamar Jackson starting later mm-hmm. on in the year, but they're kind of just going through a transition period, especially, you know, most of the guys from those classic Baltimore defenses that we saw are gone. Joe Flacco's gone. So I don't, I, I, I just don't, I have more faith in someone like Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh than I do in John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. But I'm, I'm here for the Ravens to prove me wrong. I'm, I'm much preferred to see them in the playoffs than the Steelers. <laughs> I like how you said Joe Flacco is gone as like a negative like a thing that's like making their team worse. And I mean, he won a Super Bowl. I guess, but you really think that it's going to be that big of a hit? I mean, you talked about like transition period, and I agree that they're trying to revolutionize the offense. I do believe that was a direct quote, but my theory is that after Lamar Jackson took over as that starting role was their transition period because they had an offense set up that season for Joe Flacco, and obviously their day and night differences in their quarterback styling, and I think they were just kind of going they're going with the flow as it came to them at the end of last season but now they have they have an offense that's designed for Lamar Jackson for that running they're going to run the ball as much as they possibly can they have really good talented running backs they don't really have any wide receivers I do agree with that but I don't know this is a team that's I think is really dangerous and definitely I could see winning and I agree I'd much rather have the Ravens beat out Pittsburgh between those two teams, though. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> Much just would rather see the Ravens, just not a Steelers well, guy. We'll finish with predictions. So let's move on. Going around the clock of the compass is the AFC East next with New England Patriots last year crowning that division at eleven and five. Miami was second, I guess. <laughs> At somehow, seven and nine, somehow, the Bills were six and ten. The Jets were four and twelve. The twenty nineteen Vegas odds have New England at an over under of eleven wins with a seven to one odds to win the Super Bowl. The Jets at seven point five wins with a sixty to one odds to win the Super Bowl. The Bills with a seven game over under and an eighty one odds, and then Miami, poor poor Miami with a four point five win projected total and 170 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. Now, let's get Miami out of the way. Ethan, I told you I'd give it you a minute to rant, so I'm going to start timing you right about now. Go for it. All right. So, we've known that they've they've been tanking this entire time, but on Saturday they went all in, shipping Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills and a couple of draft picks to the Houston Texans for two first-round picks and a second-rounder and a couple expendable players, we'll say. And then today, that's Monday, they cut one of the brighter young players from the past two seasons in defensive tackle Vincent Taylor. So at this point, I'm really scratching my, 
my head with the Dolphins' latest moves. I have no idea what's going on. I think they were going to finish with the worst record in the league anyway, even if uh, if Tunsil and Stills are on the team. So I, I, I just don't know what they're doing. Like, I understand the idea of stockpiling draft picks, but given the Dolphins' history of missing on those early picks, someone like Deion Jordan comes to mind, I'm reluctant to think that Miami will make the right decisions this time. And because of all of this, it makes it very hard to buy in with the new regime and their decisions. I love the Dolphins with all my heart, but trading away and cutting talented players is just really frustrating because if this doesn't work out, then it may be another 10 years before I see them in the playoffs again. And that's like hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, I've seen the Dolphins make the playoffs technically five times in my life. And really it's only been twice because I have absolutely no recollection of 1999, 2000 and 2001. The other two are 2008 and 2016. And the fact that the Dolphins are taking the mantle from the Browns of being the laughing stock of the NFL is really disheartening and frustrating. And for a guy who considers himself as loyal to his teams as they come, I've reached the point where I'm like slightly considering a change of heart. And of course I won't actually do it, but the fact that I'm thinking about it should say enough. I am just really frustrated with what's going on in Miami. All right, I gave you about a minute and 45 seconds there. I felt bad cutting you off, but yeah, I agree. Um, I honestly think 4.5 win total is is generous. It is generous. But um, hashtag Tank for Tua is full steam ahead on Twitter. There's that train that I live by. Hello, train. Um, but let's move on. So we got three other teams. All of them are, are really interesting storylines coming into the season. I mean, New England is New England. I, I mean... They're New England. Nikhil Harry was just put on the IR. Um, Josh Gordon is reinstated with all things looking like he will be playing in week one. He's the, the Mary's Thomas they signed, and the Patriots are really good at making random, you know, washed-up wide receivers be good again. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the Super Bowl. They should make the playoffs. They should win that division. But I want to talk about the Jets. I want to talk about the Bills. The Jets' offense is incredibly different um they have one Le'Veon Bell Sam Darnold is in another year in the NFL do you think they have a chance to be the underdog of the year and take over the AFC or East absolutely not definitely not taking over the AFC East like (laughs) just like there's just no one that's going to beat Tom Brady Bill Belichick and the Patriots but I am interested to see how that offense develops especially under Adam Gase Gase made some strides in Miami in his first couple seasons. Of course, last year was a bit of a step back, and that's part of the reason why he got fired. But I think he'll do good things for Sam Darnold. I'm really interested to see how Darnold plays this year, especially with a really talented running back to perhaps take some of the pressure off of him in Le'Veon Bell. Um, I'm a little concerned about some of his weapons. Like, I don't really know who he's thrown to, like Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. Those aren't like elite options. So that's why I think the Jets are probably a year or two away from really make, taking a step forward and perhaps competing with the Patriots for a division title. But I, my guess is the organization is heading in the right direction. And I, and I really like Sam Darnold. I mean, of course I'm biased, but they're close. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree that the organization as a whole is heading in the right direction. And... It's gonna be. It's just gonna be so interesting to see Le'Veon Bell back in action after literally almost like two years of not seeing him play, or like a year and a half. But I mean, it goes without saying that the New York Jets' offensive line is worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers' line, and just like from a fantasy perspective, from a talent level overall, and just a statistic, 
statistical point of view, it'll be really interesting to see how he does. I actually like Jameson Crowder a lot better. Reports out of camp show that they have a really good rapport. I mean, just that check down slot receivers and Darnold have gotten along really well, and Crowder obviously showed his talents as a Redskin. Now with the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen was kind of running around last year with like a like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, he still like you know made it work sometimes, but um. Their defense is okay. They don't really have any wide receivers. They traded away with Shady. And Singletary is a, a nice back. That should be good. Frank Gord never ages. But I think seven wins is, is right around where, where they should be. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, I'm not, like, down on the Bills or yeah super high on the Bills either. I'm just, they're like, I think they're going to be very average. And I'm I'm really excited to see what Devin Singletary does. Again, biased. I have him on my fantasy team. But <laughs> I th- I think he'll get the opportunity to show what he can do. And if he takes it and runs with it, no pun intended, um, the job should be his. All righty. Let's keep rolling along. We're making good time. We, we're, we're pretty bad at making time, but we're, we're okay. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> uh, the AFC South is what's next. And we got Houston, who will... Went eleven and five last year. Indianapolis went ten and six and claimed that first wild card spot, or second, I guess. Tennessee was nine and seven, and Jacksonville was five and eleven. Their twenty nineteen odds. Houston is at eight point five over under with a thirty and one odds to win the Super Bowl. The Colts have fallen to seven point five over under with a sixty to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Titans at eight with forty one odds, and the Jags are also at eight wins with thirty one to one odds. And if we're talking about, it's a really popular conversation topic, who is going to go worst to first in their given division from year to year. And to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely have the best chance to do that. I mean, Nick Foles is Super Bowl winning championship quarterback, and obviously he's not that elite talent, but he is better than Blake Burles. I I gotta say that. Um, Absolutely. Fournette always has question marks, but... Based on the reports that I've been reading, the beat reporters, and even like what Fournette has been saying, he's mentally healthy, he's a lot more engaged, he's quote-unquote matured, and he is physically healthy, which is arguably more important. So ideally he won't get suspended, obviously injuries come up, but his injury risk should be down, I hope. But I think more importantly, defenses are going to stack the box less, just because with D.D. Westbrook, with I think Keelan Cole, with... Um, Chris Conley, who has had a really good rapport with Nick Foles in camp, the defenses will have to be more honest and defend the passing game a bit more, which should open up Leonard Fournette to bigger games, bigger plays. And not only that, I, I don't want to overdo it, I don't want to talk too much, but I feel like the rest of the division is kind of falling apart just with everything that's happened with, you know, Houston pretty much giving away Clowney with Obviously, the luck retirement. The Titans don't know what they're going to do with a quarterback, even though they always find a way to win nine games somehow. Do you think the Chags have a good chance? Not a good chance, but the best chance out of any fourth-place team from last year to be first place in their division? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the other fourth-place teams, I mean, you can just kind of rule them out already. The Jets, yeah. <laughs> in, the Jets in the East, no. I, the Patriots are going to win that division. The Bengals in the North, absolutely not. The Raiders in the West, no way. The Giants in the NFC East, not going to happen. Lions in the NFC North, nope. 
Buccaneers in the NFC South, no way. Cardinals in the NFC West, absolutely not. So absolutely, the Jags have the best chance, and I'm and I'm also high on the Jags. I think the defense bounces back after a mm-hmm. bit of a tough season, tougher than I think a lot of us expected. Um, and you make a good point about the other teams in the division, right? We don't know what the Colts' offense is going to look like now that Andrew Luck is no longer playing quarterback. The Titans are just kind of trying to stay relevant, and I'm not sure they are there. Uh, the Texans, I say, would say, are the biggest competitors for the Jags um, for that division title. I think Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. We'll see how the running back situation shakes out with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. Um, mm-hmm. Offensive line will probably get a little bit better with Laramie Tunsil. Um, and the defense is solid, was good, not great last year. The problem with the Texans is the fact that they won their division. They have a brutal schedule this year. Absolutely. And their first six games are all against playoff caliber teams. And so that's that's what concerns me about the Texans. It's not so much the talent they have, but the talent they have to face. And the fact that the Jags get a fourth place type schedule, that should bode well for them. So yeah, I'm kind of in on the Jags as well. Absolutely. I also just learned about how the NFL is scheduled. Like just recently, like maybe a month ago. Because so you place you face your division opponents twice. Right. You face all the other conference opponents who finished in your same slot once each, right? Exactly, yes. And then you face a different division in a different, in uh, the crossover uh, league once each, right? Yes, and then you play, so you're paired with, so you, so you got that right, yeah. You, you play division opponents twice, so that's six games. Then you play mm-hmm. the other three teams who you finished at the same spot with in your same conference. So that's three other games, so that's nine. Then you play one division in your conference as well. So you play the other three teams from one of those conferences. And then you play, you're matched with another conference in the NFC to round out to 16. That was a very confusing way to describe the schedule, but <laughs> that's how it made sense in my head. Yeah, but pretty much like, I mean, you made the point that they have a fourth place schedule. I mean, that's what the Bears had last year. That's why it was so much easier. Yeah. And what their schedule is this year, because since the Jacks finished last, they faced all the other teams who finished last as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree that Houston is their biggest competitor. Um, Deshaun Watson will get sacked and sacked over again. But like you said, I think their offensive line improves. Jacoby Brissett went 4-11 as a starter in 2017 with the Colts. I gotta assume he's going to do better, but not like 11-4 or 11-5 better, but more as like, you know, 7-9 better. And the thing is, I could absolutely see the Jags winning the the division with like a nine and seven record. And I'm not saying they're gonna go a eleven win team, but nine wins, maybe ten, definitely could seal this division. But let's move on to the AFC West. Um, you got two really exciting teams. You got two really not exciting teams. So Kansas City won the division on the tiebreaker over the. Oh, I accidentally wrote Colts over the Chargers. Um, they were both twelve and four. The Chargers had that other divisional or wild card spot. There we go. Denver was six and ten. Oakland was four and twelve. This year, the Chiefs are projected to win ten point five games with an eight and one odds to win the Super Bowl. Chargers at nine point five with fifteen to one odds. Denver with seven wins at seventy to one odds, and Oakland at six wins with a hundred to one odds. And if you told me that there was a division in the NFL that was going to end exactly as it ended last year, 
I would probably guess that it's the AFC West. Maybe not with exactly records, but how it's going to shape up in order just because, I mean, I could see the Chiefs competing with, or the Chargers competing with the Chiefs, but I would be surprised if the Chiefs, Chiefs are the second place team, and I would be shocked if Denver or Oakland finds a way to top either of those other two teams. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really all in on the Chiefs this year. I think they probably have the most talent of any NFL team, like right up there with like the New Orleans Saints. And we'll talk about the NFC on Thursday. But yes, sir. the Chiefs have so much firepower on offense. Yeah, with, I, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. With NFL MVP Patrick Mahomes, and then you have mm-hmm. the Cheetah in Tyreek Hill. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, potentially a two-headed monster out of the backfield with LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. And we saw what Williams could do. Even, like, Darwin Thompson is, like, yeah, a talented running back. Absolutely. And now he's, like, bumped to third on the depth chart. And he right. Pro- and he'd, <laughs> and he'd, he'd probably split carries in other offenses in the NFL, which is crazy. Um, who, who else is there? Sammy Watkins. The best tight end Ta- in the league. Yeah, of Travis course. Kelsey. I, I forgot about Kelsey. So they're going to just outscore teams. I mean, I don't love their defense. They added yeah. Tyron Matthew in the offseason. But and he should help things in the secondary. But I think they're just going to outscore teams, and I don't understand how anyone's going to match their offensive output. So yeah, absolutely, I've got the Chiefs winning that division. Yeah, I saw a quote. I forget. It, it might have been from Mahomes. It might have been from. It was some Chiefs individual who said their goal is to score on every single drive. I saw that and quote too, and I don't know who said he, it, but they could put like their practice squad defense out there and they'd still win a good amount of games probably me out there is like a free safety and you know i would still have confidence that they would be able to pull out the wins um (laughs) yeah there was there was a big overhaul in defense and that is a big question just because you know classic defense wins championships offense will win you games but not championships and, I mean, they faced Jacksonville week one, who's a good defense. They faced the Bears during the season, and I think that'll be a really good test to see if they fe- face top five elite defenses in the league. Can they show up? Can their offense, you know, can they can they depend on the offense, I guess, is the question. The other big story of this division, other than, you know, the Oakland Raiders being the Hard Knocks heroes with Antonio Brown and burning his feet and Doss and all those other players who are pretty much now cut from the team. It was really sad to just see all them go after watching Hard Knocks is Melvin Gordon. It doesn't, I like, honestly, I, I, I don't think this really affects the Chargers that much. They went 4-0 in games without Melvin Gordon. Odds are, if I had to be a betting man... I would bet that Melvin Gordon gets traded sometime within the next couple weeks, and the return they get for him, I assume, is going to make their team better. I think the two-headed monster with Eckler and Justin Jackson is going to be just fine with them. And honestly, it doesn't even affect that team that much. Fantasy-wise, obviously, it impacts your team a lot, but I don't think their record will really be that tarnished. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I like Eckler and Jackson as complementary backs in that backfield. I I think the Chargers lack leverage in the Melvin Gordon situation, so even if they do trade him, I can't imagine the return being being too great. But I'm not too worried about them not without Gordon. I think their offense still should be fine. I like Phillip Rivers. I like Keenan Allen. I like Hunter Henry coming back. He should be able to help them out in the passing game. And I like their defense, even without 
Derwin James, who might be out until late in the season or maybe the postseason. But they've they're, they've got talent on both sides of the ball, and I absolutely expect them to compete for a, uh, a wild card spot. I just don't see them beating the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, they had a really nice comeback win last year. They faced them twice, as we mentioned earlier. And they'll be really, really entertaining games. And, I mean, all Chiefs games are going to be incredibly entertaining. Just for sure. all the points they're going to put up. I mean, that Rams-Chiefs game last year was just ridiculous. That was Crazy. so much fun to watch. But, yeah, I mean, Denver exists still. They have new elite quarterback, Joe Flacco. Um, I guess Emmanuel Sanders is 100% healthy. They have Deshaun Hamilton. They got Noah Fant as a rookie tight end. Their defense is okay. And then, like I mentioned, Oakland, six wins is generous, I think, for them, too. I just I just don't see him being a good team this year. But let's move on to our predictions. Tell me your divisional – just give me your AFC playoff picture. Sure. So – I've got the one seed winning the AFC West, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. My two seed is, unfortunately, the evil empire, the AFC East champion, New England <laughs> Patriots. Um, mm-hmm. my, my three seed is, is where it gets fun, and that's, that's the Cleveland Browns winning the AFC North. Um, okay. And then my four seed is the Houston Texans uh, taking the AFC South. And then my two wildcard teams are the Chargers and the Steelers. Chargers and the Steelers. Okay, so we're differing a bit here, but I agree with your one-two punch in the Chiefs. I think they're going to go 12-4 and four and win the number one seed in the AFC. I think the Patriots will have a exact same record as they did last year in 11-5, and five, get that two seed. Now, AFC South, I am, pred- I am going with the Jacksonville Jaguars to win that division. I am officially predicting that. I'm saying that out loud here and now. That is my bold take, I guess you can say. And then... I think out of the AFC North is going to be the Baltimore Ravens winning. I think they go, yeah, 10-6. and six. And I think Cleveland also maybe goes 10-6, and six, but loses that tiebreaker, gets that second wildcard spot behind the Chargers. So those are my six teams. Now, scheduling-wise, I don't really know what, like, it's, it's I guess, the, the three and the six and then the four and the five, so... I would have maybe the Ravens face the Browns then. Yep. I think the Browns win that game. And then the Chargers beat the Jaguars. And then the one would play the lower seed of that. Correct. So that would be the Browns. That would be the Browns. So the Browns, Chiefs, Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. I agree. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, just to quickly run through my playoff matchups, Browns, Steelers, I think that'll be a good game. That'll be a great game in Cleveland. You know, the dog pound will be loud, but I think the Steelers probably go into Cleveland and just beat a more or a less experienced team. And then I've got the Chargers over the Texans. I just think the Chargers are really, really talented and just have the disadvantage of playing in the AFC West. Um, but then I've got, yeah, I've got the Chiefs over the Steelers, the Patriots over the Chargers, and then the Chiefs over the Patriots. I just think the Chiefs have so much firepower on offense that I, I don't see a team stopping them. I mean, they were in a, a borderline offsides call last year in the AFC Championship from going to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So the Chiefs yeah. are my pick. 
Yeah, I mean, I seeing the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC Conference Championship, I feel like is what everyone is expecting. But I'm ready to be wowed. I'm excited. I hope Buffalo and the Jets surprise me. I hope the AFC South is surprising. And I'm just really excited for this AFC season. But let's move on, shall we, to some trivia. We talked about college football last week. Do you remember your trivia questions? I do, yeah. So I asked who won the first BCS National Championship and who did they beat? Ryan, do you know that one? I have no idea. Tennessee beat Florida State. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, last week, I don't even remember what I asked. Did I ask about the Michigan-Ohio State? I feel like I said that. I honestly cannot remember. I think um, I asked like three questions. But I, I do remember one of them, and that is what school did the player who won the first Heisman Trophy go to? Oh, yeah, that was one of your questions. Idea? God, uh, Army? No, it is the University of Chicago. Oh, my God. Right? They aren't even, like, a football team anymore. I don't, like I don't, I don't believe they have a football team. <laughs> do you have so. a question for this week? I do, yeah. Um, it's, I bet you can guess it, too, but we won't. Who was the last team to win the AFC East, not named the New England Patriots? And what year did they win? <laughs> was it like 1972? It was not 1972, but that was a good guess. <laughs> uh, um, my question is, what three NFL teams have lost four Super Bowls each? Well, that's a good one. I know one of them mm-hmm. off the bat, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Th- I'll have to think of the other two. We'll answer those mm-hmm. next time, but with that... Yes, we shall. Let's go to tags. What's up is a proud member of the Powder Blue Podcast Network and Unplugged. I've mentioned it a couple times before, but we have a brand new Unplugged website. It's all over our Twitter, so go check that out. You can go to beunplugged.com to find it. That's B-E-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-D.com. Um, we've got some good pieces up there. Kareem Narani wrote a piece about the war between different food delivery services like Postmates and Grubhub and Eat24 and all those Fantastic things. DoorDash is one of them. Um, I wrote an article on a potentially wild MLB chase. Please go check that out as well. We've got some great podcasts, including Whistles with Jeremy Larkin, Jared Thomas, and Jake Saunders talking about student-athlete life. We also have the NGL Review and the Fantasy Geek. Both are great, so go listen to those. You can follow us on Twitter at Unplugged. That's at U-N-P-L-U-G-G underscore D. Like you mentioned in the beginning, you can follow me at Ethan underscore four. That's F-O-R-E if you're new to the program. Ryan, where can they follow you? At Ryan Coleman underscore nine eight. All right. Anything else? Yeah. I mean, so AFC comes out on Taco Tuesday. Also, LeBron, please don't take that away. But he is using <laughs> it just for, like, marketing purposes, not like no one can say it. So it's like, like I guess, but uh, I, I just hope he doesn't. T- I hope that he doesn't win that copyright or trademark, whatever. I don't know. I don't understand the law. But... It's it, football's two days away when you listen to this. Yeah, we're coming out crazy. with the NFC on Thursday. You can listen to it right before the Bears Packers game or any time after about nine o'clock when it comes out. And I'm just I'm excited for football to start up again. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a fun, fun NFL season, except for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. you've been good. yeah you've been listening to the What's Up podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you on Thursday. Go Cubs. Bye-bye.